This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to our UEFA Champions League show right here on the Bet Rivers Network. Europe's premier competition is in full swing at the moment with the second legs coming up of some very, very interesting ties. I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to say that alongside me uh, to provide their best bets going into this round of games. Uh, first up from across the pond, RJ, how are you, my friend? I'm great. Good to be with you both. Good morning, uh, Danielle and Harry. And uh Looking forward to getting into the, the second leg of uh, what could be an exciting set of matches this week. Absolutely. Very, very much looking forward uh, to these games. Also joining us, uh, Daniele Fisichella, who's a one-man money-making machine in the Serie A show uh, that we uh, we provide. So, uh, Daniele, how are you? Great to have you. Hi, Harry. Thanks for the introduction. All good. Well, this is it. Uh, this week, you know, first verdicts. So, obviously, four, four, four teams are going to say goodbye to the Champions League and definitely one of the favourites because, you know, one between PSG and Bayern Munich are going to go home. So, the story for sure, is going to be in Munich. Let's start with that game then, Daniele, seeing as you, you mentioned it, buy and take on PSG. Uh, PSG looking to turn it around because of a very disappointing first leg. How do you see this going? And, and go on to tell us sort of what you're, you're looking at in terms of angles. Well, I think the angle here would be for goals, uh, for, be, for, a, for a game with a few goals because of what you said. And obviously, for what we had uh, in the in the first leg, let's not forget in the first leg, Mbappé only came on in the second half. Manch- uh, Bayern Munich had a load of chances. Yes, they scored due to a mistake from goal- Donnarumma, but they had a load of chances to score the, the second goal and to take the lead in the first half. And obviously, now the game is so finally poised with no away goal rules. They had to go for it, PSG. But let's try and break it down here and look first at Bayern. Bayern, by the way, for me, are the favourites to win this trophy. I don't know why the bookmakers, some bookmakers, make Manchester City favourite to win the trophy. But considering their trajectory and uh, what they've done in the past, I think Bayern are slightly ahead. Look... They haven't had the greatest season in Bundesliga Bayern at the moment. They are tied with uh, Borussia Dortmund ahead on goal difference. But the last few games for them have been good. They've been far superior than Union Berlin, which they beat 3-0. They won the weekend uh, against Stuttgart away. Good news that this man is playing more and more minutes. And, you know, this is the type of season, this is the type of the time of the year when usually Bayern Munich get a little bit angry, uh, they get provoked and they do respond. So I would be 
very surprised if they do not start winning five or six in a row in the Bundesliga and end winning the league. Maybe by three or four point margin on Borussia Dortmund. The good news is that obviously Kingsley King Coman has been in very good form. And as I mentioned before, against PSG in the first leg, they looked more organized and better overall. Now, the numbers of Borussia, oh, sorry, Bayern Munich this season, the offensive numbers have been good but they lacked the finisher. They like Lewandowski, of course, because they tend to put a lot of crosses in the box. They don't quite have the same striker up there, although, of course, Chupo Moting has been good. The bad news for them is that they face PSG, who need to score a couple of goals, and they will be without Pavard for this one. Now, on the right-hand side, where Mbappé is going to start, who's going to mark him? Who's going to be along... up against him. Is it going to be Stanisic? Is it going to be Cancelo? Will the Nagelsmann dare to put Cancelo against Bappé? And obviously, PSG are very good when they can run into spaces, when they can play the counter-attack game. So I wonder whether they will be better set up to defend initially and try to exploit the space. The good news for PSG is that the link-up between Messi and Bappé has never been good, as good. It's been very good in the last few weeks. There is the absence of Neymar, but that could play into PSG favor because I know some people might not like what I'm saying, but I think they are better set up if they play with the wing backs, with, the, with three at the back, with Marquinhos, with Sergio Ramos, Akimi, and another wing back. They defend much better and they're much more dreadful. Of course, the defense is not being great, only one clean sheet in the last nine, no clean sheet in the Champions League. But if Galtier sticks with the 3 5 2 formation and with the wing backs, which is what brought him success at Lille and at Saint Etienne, I think they could come out of the, of the alliance unscathed or maybe with a small defeat. It's no, you know, the odds for PSG to win, they're very good. My pick here really is two picks. I think Mbappe to score. We see what he did in the first leg. We see what he did week in and week out. He's the major threat they got. I don't think Bayern Munich are not going to keep a clean sheet. And Mbappé to score plus 150, it's really good, considering also the lack of Pavard. PSG Asian handicap plus 0.75, minus 120. I like it as well, and I will put a unit on that as well. Because I don't think they're going to get... If they lose, I don't think they're going to get battered necessarily. They might lose by one. If they lose by one, you lose half a stake. But, you know, at the end of the day, the draw qualifies Bayern Munich as well. And let's not forget, PSG have already gone there and won when Maurizio Positino was in charge. So it's not out of the reach, really, to get at least a result. It could be a win. I mean, they could go to extra time or they could draw and and, and win you something in that, in, in that regards. Along with Real Madrid and Liverpool, which is probably over now, RJ, this really was uh, one of the blockbuster ties. Um, I know you haven't got a pick on this one. I know you've swerved it in terms of placing a bet on it. Mm-hmm. But do you kind of agree with what Daniele is saying? How do you feel going into this one? I do agree with da- what Daniele was saying. I actually looked at this match uh, for, for a long time last night. I'm like, all right, where where where, where can I find an edge? What what looks looks good to me? I was on the over on the first leg, unfortunately, and and you know it failed short. But but Daniele brought up a good point about you know the first leg. Uh, Mbappe came off the bench at halftime, right? He was he was still ailing an injury, whether he was fully healthy or not. You know, I think you could you could say he wasn't, and the game shape was probably lacking. Messi was just coming off an injury. Um, this time around, as as Daniele stated, Neymar is is not going to be available, as well as Hakimi, I believe. Um, so you know, PSG backs against the wall, right? Heading to heading to Bayern Munich. Uh, 
They've scored 11 goals in their last three matches. I agree. I don't expect Bayern to keep a clean sheet here. I like the Mbappe to score. I mean, who wouldn't at this point in the form? He's in the form of his his life. He's, geez, I mean, you know, in my opinion, I know he gets a lot of grief, I think, from the media, but he is pretty much, in my opinion, the best player in the world right now. And I would say I like goals here too. I, I over three right now on the Bet Rivers site is minus one thirty four. Um, it's a little low in my opinion. I, I, I would I would prefer to just hold off, but I I, I can anticipate. Uh, you know what's a long shot for me here is both teams to score in the first half. Um, I don't recall the number offhand. I believe it was. Uh, let's see, it was plus two thirty five. Right. Uh, teams are in strong form. PSG has to attack. Right. I, I think this sets up for, for maybe a goal or two early. And I think as a as a reach, maybe as a as a half a unit stab, both teams to score in the first half plus 235 is, is a decent look, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, th- I think we also have to say that Bayern Munich are not really set up to play conservative. They don't really right. defend deep. They like to go for it. And that, again, could play in the hand of PSG if mm-hmm. themselves don't go gang-ho. Because PSG are le- could be lethal on the counter-attack. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, th- I think they could, they could be goals for sure. Absolutely. Sounds like it's going to be a cracker. Very much uh, looking forward to this one. Uh, RJ, let's come to you uh, for a pick. Chelsea taking on Borussia Dortmund. Chelsea have had a difficult time of late. Graham Potter has received all sorts of criticism. They did get a win in the Premier League at the weekend. A narrow victory over Leeds United, but a win in the Champions League and progression through this tie would maybe just kickstart the Graham Potter era. So it's a big one for the Blues. It is. Uh, you know, I watched that match on Saturday against Leeds. They just look, I mean, other than the the goal they scored off a, off a header, right, from the defenseman, it, it, they looked pretty poor, right? They lack that number nine. Like uh, Havertz, to me, just, just isn't the guy, right? Um, they, they head into this leg down one nil right very low confidence even though they got the win over the weekend um chelsea in particular are dealing with a, a vast amount of injuries although they they announced i think reese james may be available to to some extent but you know he's not going to help them in the in the scoring department in my opinion and and as i said they just lack a scoring threat they've only found the net three times in their last eight matches uh dortmund are dealing with some injuries as well but they're they're healthier they're in better form at the moment um in my opinion i expect dortmund to sit on their one goal one goal lead right after the after the first first leg and i honestly could see a nil nil draw here um chelsea are averaging only 3.9 shots on target over their last 25 matches right and you know unless they pull a liverpool like like Liverpool did yesterday, where they shocked Man U. You know, I, I don't think anybody expected that seven goal thriller, um, but I just expect a dull match here, based on the form, based on Dortmund's recent 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 matches, where they're just you know they haven't kept clean sheets necessarily. Uh, they have kept three uh, three or four over the last five matches, but under two point five goals at minus one hundred seven to me was a standout play in this in this leg, and it's it's something I expect. I, I could see either a nil nil type match or maybe. 1-1 one, one at most, but I have a hard time seeing Chelsea. I, I know it sounds crazy, but I have a hard time seeing Chelsea get on the board uh, Tuesday. Cool. Uh, so the pick there is uh, under two and a half goals at minus 108 to confirm. Uh, Daniele, it's 107 come... technically, Harry. I just checked the odds at, at the time of this. Uh, oh, it's just checked. Okay. Yeah. So that, 
that's accurate at the time of recording minus yep. 107 but it could change so if you want to get these it picks could. on uh, make sure you get over there and do them nice and promptly uh back to you daniele um tottenham taking on ac milan i watched the first leg of this uh milan is fair to say not having the best season um just maybe signs of a revival recently but you know how much do we read into that what's your view on this one Look, I think uh, Milan has to be praised because they changed the way they play the system midway through the season. They were having a torrid time in January. They were slow off the ball. They were moving the ball slower. They were not pressing very high. They didn't have Magnan in goal as well. They were conceding a lot of goal after the World Cup. So Pioli switched back to a back three, introducing Malik Chow, 22 years old, very good, physical, quick, and you know, out of a sudden, Milan defense looked much better. They kept four clean sheets, won four games to nil, including the first leg to Tottenham, could have scored the second against Tottenham. And, you know, everyone say, OK, Milan have, have rejuvenated. It's a new Milan. I'm going to mean it. That comes the trip to Florence and they get battered and they lost to one, but they were outplayed and they were also playing in terms of rhythm. Fiorentina did much, much better. And with the three attackers, Fiorentina pressed very high. The three central defenders of Milan who had a very difficult time to get the ball out of the defensive line. And in the end, Milan produced pretty much nothing in the first 50, 60 minutes, and then a little bit in the second half. But Fiorentina were worthy winners. There is a stat that is really telling. Magnan, who was backing goal, by the way, touched the ball 61 times in Florence. The four strikers of Milan, Ibrahimovic, Rebic, Giroud and Origi, touched the ball collectively 70 times. So really, they weren't there. The goal came from Hernandez in the um, dying minutes of the game. But the problem is that, okay, Milan kept those four clean sheets, but it's also a question of were the opposition able to create and take chances? Well, they weren't. Of course, Milan looked a little bit better, but now let's see how they set up for this one. This is a sort of game that if Milan goes and show the face and they play in Tottenham's face, it could be interesting and Milan can get away with a qualification here. But if they just sit back, defend and wait, this is not Milan's game and they're going to end up losing, they might end up even going out of the Champions League. Now, Leao is back. Ibrahim Diaz will be back. Very interesting to see what kind of selection Pioli makes at the right wing back, because he's been playing with Messias recently. Very attacking. On the left-hand side, it should be Son, and maybe one between, I think, Perisic, probably, on the left-hand side. So maybe he goes for Calabria, a little bit more defensive. But, um, you know, the thing is, Spurs cannot play worse than what they did in the first leg at San Siro. They can only play better. You know, they've been very, very inconsistent. And against Wolves, they're a little bit unlucky. Hit the, hit, hit the bar twice with Pedro Porro, with Son. Um, you know, the pattern for Spurs is if they keep the clean sheet in the first half, normally they go and get the job done in the second half, as they did with Chelsea recently. If they concede... Sometimes they struggle to get back into the game. Obviously, Antonio Conte is returning from this one, so this could be a boost. Mm. But let's see who's who's better at managing uh, the finer details, if you like. Um, I think, um, I don't know, I haven't got great feelings for this one for Milan. I think they could take Spurs all the way to extra time, maybe penalties, but I haven't got great feelings in the 90s. I think uh, despite 
Tottenham recent struggles in Europe, especially at home. I don't think White Lane is quite a fortress when it comes to playing in Europe. I think Tottenham might edge it this one, might win it. And if they win it, it won't be a classic. So I'm going to go for Tottenham win and under 4.5 goals, which, by the way, is a very high score tally anyway. You know, if Tottenham wins 3-1, for example, you still win the bet and it's a high scoring game. That pays plus 120. That's a really good price when you take that into consideration, I think. Because, uh, as you say, under four and a half goals, you're giving yourself plenty of space there, aren't you, for for reading it wrong, potentially. RJ, um, I fancy Spurs to get through this as well. And as an Arsenal man, that pains me to say it. But <laughs> at home, I, I don't feel like Milan did enough in the San Siro to, to be in a position now from which they can't go wrong. So um, do you agree with, with Daniele and, and myself that Tottenham are probably going to get through this or at least win the game on the night? I do. I think they'll. I think they'll get through. Uh, plus one forty for them to advance, which is which is pretty pretty fair, pretty generous. Um, you know, as as Danielle said, I don't think it's the most intimidating place in, in the world to play on the road. But what you know, Tottenham gets an early goal, <clears throat> that place will liven up, and uh, you know, AC Milan's back against the wall. It'll be, it will be difficult for them at home. They're a much better team than they are on the road. I mean, that the stats state that the the, the form states that. Conte back from his from his medical absence will be huge, right? He'll get he'll get them fired up and in the right mindset and where they need to be. So I I do agree with Daniele. I don't see this being a high scoring affair. Uh, in fact, I almost looked at the under here as well, uh, under two point five goals and minus one twenty two. But uh, again, this could be one of those matches where, as, as as I stated, I think if if Tottenham gets an early goal, that place livens up, right? That that this match could open up and we could see like a both teams to score, um, and and then maybe a late. You know, this, this to me has a makings of a late Tottenham goal, right? Maybe going up two one, and uh, and and then see some extra time potentially. But uh, but I expect them to advance. I agree with you. Worth right. noting that Milan lost to Chelsea three 0 in the group stage of the Champions League. Of course, month and month ago. I know not how much this plays into their minds. Mm. They already they already lost four away games in Serie A, uh, Milan. So, you know, th- their away form is not being great. But depends really how do, how do they set up and how do they go for it. If they just defend and wait, despite having Magnan in goal, who I think is the best keeper in Serie A by a country mile. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think they'll struggle just to, just to keep the clean sheet or just, just keep defending. It's, it's not their game, simple as that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, RJ, let's come back to you, mate. Uh, you've gone for a pick in the game between Benfica and Club Bruges. Uh, talk to us about this one. Yeah, this this is another match that uh, was was very uh, good looking. It, it stood out to me when I when I took a look. I, I, Benfica, the class uh, right of uh, the Portuguese uh, Premier League, right? They they're up two uh, nil. In aggregate, right? Uh, they took care of Bruges two 0 on the road. Uh, Benfica minus one was was a standout play for me, but at minus one forty one, again a, a little bit too low for my liking. However, you know this is one of those bets where it feels too good to be true, and and I think if you did take that, you'd get a good chance of at least money back here. Um, but Benfica have not lost a meaningful match at home since May of twenty twenty two, which was against Porto, which we all know are the other uh, giants in the. Premier League in Portugal. Uh, to make matters worse for, for Bruges, they're coming off a thrill, 3 0 loss uh, against relocation bound KV Ustende in the Jupiler League over the weekend, right? Um, their head coach, Scott Parker, uh, English international, he's, he's absolutely on the hot seat at this point. So this is, this is a match where it's like do or die for, for him and, and the Bruges side. 
So I don't know how he got that job. I, I really don't understand why anybody hired Scott Parker after his last job it, and the one before that. It, it's so strange. Now I think he's in Bruce the Champions Realizing that right now, right? They're like Bruce is like I, I, I hear you, Harry. I, I don't know what we were doing either. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's 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 it was fascinating that he got the job and especially from where they were last season, like they, they've just completely declined. And obviously they were the, the, the champions league qualifiers last season, but they're, they're one of the teams that to me is like took a massive dip in, in, in form and performance. And the play that I'm going to be on here is, is almost exclusively stat driven, but I want to explain the little, little process behind it. So Benfica over their last 25 matches in general, averaged just one point. Eight, eight shots on target against from their from their opponents. So just less than two shots on target. Meanwhile, Brews are averaging just 2.73 shots over their last 25 matches on target on the road against much, much weaker sides, right, overall than, than what this Benfica side is. So in the first leg, Brews was, was at home, and they were only, only able to establish just one shot on target. At, on, on their home site against Benfica. So I, you know, I look at this play down to nil. The coach is on the hot seat. I expect the pressure uh, and the overall sternness from the Benfica side to completely shut down Bruges, right? I expect this to can be a completely one-sided match. Um, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find Bruges get many attacks at all, let alone shots. Uh, Benfica should dominate the possession, you know, handle this game with ease. I could see a one nil. I mean, Benfica could just go off and just put on a show for the home fans, right? And 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 take off. But I like so what I'm looking at here is Bruges Club Bruges shots on target under two point five at plus one twenty five. So basically, if Bruges get two shots on target, this this bet would hit. So anything three or more, uh, this best would not hit. But I I see a very slim chance of them getting shots on net, a few shots on net, let alone on target here in this match. So curious to hear your thoughts, guys. No, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, if you look if you look at the stats of Benfica, I mean, they've been uh, they've been really good. They won nine of the last eleven. Uh, they always scored at home in the Champions League, of course. And you know, in the first leg, uh, they had all the ball all the time. And if you look at the at the, at the defensive stats as well. I think there is one that is quite telling about how the two teams are. Uh, um, Mignolet, the goalkeeper of Bruges, is alongside Onana of Inter Milan. The keeper has made the most save in Champions League, 33, whereas Vlacho Dimos from Benfica has only made 16 saves. Obviously, we don't count the shots that goes on the post or whatever, but, sure. you know, it's half. He has pretty much half the saves of his counterparts. Obviously, it tells you that Benfica are really good because they do defend with the ball and they attack the ball rather than defending their own goal. So they're very, they're very, they're very good at that. And obviously, you know, where when it comes to uh, to Bruges, yes, I mean they lost at the weekend. Uh, Parker might get the sack soon. Only two clean sheets in the last thirteen, and their best scorer, Ferran Yugla has not scored at all in 2023. And in the last four games of Champions League, Bruges simply have not scored. So they were very good at doing the job early on. Perhaps when teams found them out and understand that they were playing, they shut them down. And, you know, if you don't score, you don't win for sure. Exactly. 
Absolutely. Brilliant stuff, guys. Um, so just to uh, summarize the picks that the guys have provided today. Uh, so in the game between Bayern and PSG, Daniele has gone for Mbappe uh, to score at plus 150. He's also gone for PSG on the Asian handicap at plus 0.75. That's at minus 120. Uh, in the clash between Tottenham and Milan, Daniele has gone for a Tottenham win and under four and a half goals. That's at plus 120. RJ's gone for Chelsea versus Dortmund to end in under two and a half goals at minus 108, 107 at the time of recording. That slightly changed, but it may change again. So uh, make sure you're all over that. And also in the clash between Benfica versus Club Bruges, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, shots on target under two and a half uh, for Club Bruges. And that's at plus 125. That's correct, Eric. Yes. Brilliant stuff. Guys, thank you so, so much for your expert insight as always. Uh, be sure to follow the guys on their joint handle at Because We Win. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Leave us a review and be sure to subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network on YouTube. We'll see you all very, very soon with some more content looking at some of the biggest games from European football. Until then, cheers. Yep. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.